this is your host Jason and we're going to be talking about a couple entries on the website. We've probably ramped up I don't of the logbook. It's I don't there's an emphasis on getting some stuff out before the tasting on the 8th of March and um, in all likelihood this show will be released after that um, but hey ho. Uh, we'll maybe have a, a show or something about uh, the tasting. We shall see. Um, I'm excited about that. It's been it's been a funny ordeal um, in a way, but we're we're almost there now, so quite pleased. Um, but no, just there's been. Um, I wanted to get as much out for the people. I, I know people say the people, um, and they don't really mean it, but really. The work the research is for the wider whiskey community so it's great to get it out there um i'll probably anticipate maybe slowing down a little in terms of updates we've probably still got another where i am i'm in i'm in, I'm in 1945 on the logbook at the moment so you're a couple of years behind me but in reality that sounds like a long way but it's probably about seven or eight pages um and the logbook sort of continues into the early 60s and then we're done with it you know it's it's given us every single page every snippet of detail uh so after that i would expect us to flip onto the distillery plans again and finish them and some glenvor uh, tasting notes perhaps and things like that but then until i get my arse into glasgow and uh, the uh, university archive for mckinley and burnley that's probably it but as I said on an early, maybe a couple of shows ago, I don't think it's ever going to be over. It's still going to be there, and it's doing its job even now. There's probably somebody sitting, reading uh, parts of the Glenbore website, thinking, this person's got some serious issues, and uh, why not? You know, Let's do things you know, the best way possible. So anyway, we're going to talk about two entries. Uh, the first of these, let me get these dates right because they are all over the place. Um, okay, yes, we've got the last of the 1942 entries. This is from the 15th of September, and the lead image I put on it was of the Spirit Safe. Now, interestingly, we do think the Spirit Safe was moved around the um, distilling area in Glenvore, um, but now it seems certainly by the 50s. Uh, which is obviously later, this photograph, um, underneath the platform area. So it's quite cocooned in a way. Uh, but no, this entry is quite interesting because for a couple of things, it shows us of uh, a bit of work around the, the safe, which is fair enough. But it also shows us that as much as they could, they were trying to business as usual, improving things, making things better, even though distilleries in Scotland in the 1942 were closing. Um, due to the war restrictions and you know, for Glenvor it would manage a bit longer but they still felt um, able to put in this upgrade and the upgrade is quite simple um, it's honourable serves um, three air vents are now attached to the spirit safe at this distillery Glenvor uh, the air vents were copper dome shaped with perforations uh, less than one tenth inch underneath soldered to bent pipes and securely fitted with copper rivets and soldered to the back of the safe. 
So that is the, the detail that um, we expect um, from the exciseman when it comes to, I guess, um, modifications around something at the heart of the whole distilling ent enterprise. Um, passed it on to Alan Winchester, who could always look fantastic insight yet again, you know, because I guess we visited so many distilleries and you take things for granted or you don't notice the really little details, you just accept them for what they are. Um, Alan says, the vents are fairly standard now, though the vent is normally piped to the outside now. So again, you can see there's almost a, a further modern enhancement. Um, I wonder if safes at the time were giving an issue with condensation or flow. So potentially that is why they've done it, yes. Um, even though uh, I think there have been a few entries in the logbook where uh, Gilbert has made reference to an issue for the Stillman and it's being resolved by XYZ. We don't have that insight here, but more than likely there was some sort of motivation to do it. So it's great to see work was continuing as such at Glenvore, even though at the height of the war. The other um, entry is really exciting. Um, this is from the 25th of February, uh, 1943. Um, and this was really exciting, this landed. I had to read this a couple of times and I was like, is that actually saying what it, I think it's saying? And if it is, that's insane. And I sent it to Alan and we'll see Alan's comments later. Um, I was like, is this what I think it is? So this, this was totally unexpected. Um, and again, just shows the resource of the logbook and what it can give us. Uh, but um, yeah, in terms of fines, this is one of the best. And I'm just, I'm just refreshing my memory of it. Um, yes, so, sorry. Almost a atmospheric pause, you know, to build up you know, the tension. What is this? The expectation. So here we are. Um, 25th of February 1943 to the Surveyor Inverness at Glen Alban Distillery. So again, this is in the Glenvore logbook. Why is that? You're about to find out. Um, depending faints were removed in casks to this distillery, i.e. Glenvore, on the 19th instruction, accompanied by me, no loss in transit took place. So casks have been filled and rolled across from Glenoban to Glenvore of the last faints from Glenoban. And it looks like that was on the 19th. So we could, in theory, predict. And I went back to look at when the 19th of February 1943 was, and it was a Friday, so it fits. The distillery Glenoban's last spirit run distillation was on the 19th of February 1943. After that, it closed for the war. We have a date. Glenoban is gone. But more interestingly, what are they doing with these faints for the Glenvore purpose? Um, and of course, no loss in transit, which is great, but um, you know, we're only talking a couple hundred yards here, so you would hope there is no loss. I do wonder if they actually just rolled them across the road manually. Now, that would have been uh, very much um, like a Beatles uh, 
crossing moments, you know, that would look great on a great gatefold sleeve or as an image as the warehousemen rolled these casks from one distillery to the next, giving life to another distillery in essence. However, uh, on receipt, here the feints were transferred from casks, so they've taken these feints out of the casks, they've only been in briefly, and deposited in the feints receiver in my presence. The quantity advised was 226 proof, uh, open received, 226.3 proof, yep, quantity in the receiver, 226.9. Uh, the directions given on enclosures to receiver have been fully complied with, Gilbert Peter can. So, amazing entry, even though it's short, it's an amazing entry because, you know, it gives us that Glenorban closure date, it shows us what happened to the feints? They took those, and Alan would seem to think generally feints would just be cast and left. These ones, no, we're going to stick them in the distillery across the road that's still going. We're not going to waste anything. Um, in doing so, depositing them in the feints receiver at Glen 4, which was still distilling for at least another, I'm not going to give the date away, but certainly several weeks, they're using that produce of Glen Oban in the Glenvore run, so you've almost got like a very unique Indonesian whiskey style coming, and it would have been a total one-off distillation. Uh, you know, so the possibilities are just like, and by design, this was deliberate. You know, this was not accidental. It was absolutely deliberate. And in this article as well, we're reading on its own because I touch upon some of the, the limitations and rules around war distilling. It's just, was this legal? You know, in a way, does the rule of customs and excise, because it's war, take precedence over what would have been traditionally accepted as a single malt criteria for a distillery? Because technically, that is not single malt of Glenvor. Uh, that would be produced at that time it's going to be slightly different and to try it would have been great you know and you've also got the other thing uh, John Burney's around um, the owners they know Glen Open they might not be as hung up on it as a single malt on its own but they still appreciated its style and substance enough to fill the casks and wheel them across and put them in Glen Vore. so uh, amazing you know I, I, I dubbed it Al Moore, you know, I, th I thought that was a cool name, so uh, I'll take credit for that. Um, but uh, feel free to use it if you're doing your own Indonesian malt one day. But mm, I sent this to Alan, who's probably excited as me, um, and his thoughts were straight to the point. Interesting that this would have been allowed by customs and excise, because this is officially recorded, observed, and processed by customs and excise at every step. It's totally legit from their perspective. I have no record of that in, a, in World War II, so even if Alan of his extension, extensive knowledge and resources has never heard of this happening. However, I have seen a new offence being removed from a closed silent distillery to a distillery that was operational. That makes sense, um, but then he goes on to say, however, that probably would not be considered nowadays a good find. And it is a good find, it's a great find, because it's giving us insight into that war distilling, it's giving us insight into I guess the waste not want not, you know, they really are making things last and work for them and in doing so they're creating something very special and unique. So have a read of the article, I'm not going to touch all upon it here, it will be linked down below, but this was one of the great finds because 
nobody could have predicted it. Nobody could have predicted they would have done that with a faint cycle in a different distillery. So, what happened to those casks? You know, where did it go? Um, who knows? There might be a mention out there, perhaps. But this is the first time this has ever been mentioned as well. First time I've seen a confirmed date for Glenolvin closing. So we've got lots of things here to consider. A lot of detail which people will appreciate. And I guess the nearest you're going to get to this style of malt today is to take a little bit of um, Glenolvin, take a little bit of Glenvor, put them together, and that's probably the nearest you'll ever get to whatever came off the stills and was cast. Uh, I would suggest try and keep it to young Glenvor and young Glenolvin no more than 10 years give or take and that might give you a sense you know how would it work it's not precise obviously but it would give you that idea this Indonesian Almor malt you know what would it be like and some distilleries mix well together others don't there's a clash they're opposites uh, Glenvor at this time was quite robust uh, Highland but so was Glenolvin I think it was a little Highland was a little bit more subtle and in parts classy but uh, yeah would one swamp the other where would we go who knows this is just the other debating point let's let's enjoy it so a great entry um and you know moments like that make me proud but also just happy the work is giving us this because it shows it's worthwhile and it shows what is out there and not to believe books and to ask more questions and to dig because this information is waiting to be discovered perhaps for countless other distilleries who have their own stories and their own events and their own moments that have been forgotten to time but somewhere in a box in an archive at the back of somebody's attic wherever the record and the detail and the information will exist and it's up to us to find it and it's good when it happens because it makes you think <laughs> and uh, we can appreciate things a little more so i'll leave you on that good note thank you very much for listening we are almost up to date with the website here we do have i think we're about one or two articles behind um but it's all logbook at the moment, I, I know, but I, I think the logbook pages are incredible at the moment. And yeah, we've got more to come um, around the war years, uh, which gives an insight into distilleries just didn't show up shop. You know, they were still, there was still activity on the site and we get to see that. And we get an appreciation of the environment and how much it has changed. So it's, a marvelous time to bring these things to you so thanks thanks for listening again and uh, i shall depart until the next episode thank you mm-hmm.